it's an almost special 29th episode of Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier from outside of the cage. Here to help me almost celebrate an almost famous man, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, but I'm going to stop you right here. Okay. Okay. Uh, verbal great start tap. to the podcast. We're 44 seconds in, and you're putting a stop to it. If I bring a halt to you talking, it's good for the podcast. I promise you. Okay. All right. Uh, we, we do have some uh, big news to start off the show. Uh, how about a nice round of applause for our very own Kevin Phillips, who did so well fighting down at the U.S. Grapplers competition in Richmond this weekend. Congratulations, Kevin. Hey, thanks, man. It was a friendly reminder into just how difficult this stuff is we talk about. So, can I talk you through some highlights? Yeah, please do. I, I've actually, uh, I've only heard a little bit of, of Kevin's highlights, but uh, we, we kind of exchanged notes. It's, it's always great because when you work as a coach uh, for, you know, speech or athletes, mm-hmm. uh, athletics or stuff like that, and you can't see anything, then you just literally are sending off your friend to be like, okay, uh, <laughs> good luck. Uh, can't do anything anymore. Uh, I can't be there to yell and uh, tell you to, to get up, but I uh, wish you the best, man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, didn't you say you like you were mimicking yelling at waiters? Random oh, yeah. things. I, I promised Kevin, I was like, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, I may not be there. But I'll be there in spirit. And when I mean be there in spirit, I'm going to be at a dinner table telling my waiter that he needs to get the fucking shrimp out. What the fuck's wrong with you? Get your need. Don't let him take your back. Don't let him take your back. Uh, yes, yes, one more wine. So, first of all, left at 6.30 a.m. And you kind of forget about the non-glamorous side of fighting, like traveling to fight. Yeah. Um, they're not giving any. So we make it down, get to weigh-ins, two hundred one point two. Jesus. So I'm under two hundred two. Now, how hilarious is this? Are you prepared for my moment of? I've been cutting weight for like a week and a half. You know, slowly doing a lot of veggies, watch what I'm eating, a lot of cardio. While I was eating everything. Yeah, and being very vocal about it. Well, you Shockingly told me that you vocal. enjoyed cake, and all I kept saying was, I'm having cake, and one night when you really pissed me off, and were telling me, you did you not spoil the fights on Bellator, though, as you were talking to me? True, I did intentionally spoil fights, but... Then I intentionally had the opportunity to have cake and text you about it. Yes, you did text me about the cake, but here's why it ultimately ended up being a real sitcom moment. They didn't have anyone else in that little division... So they just made the division 188 and up. <laughs> so <laughs> I had worked so hard to skate on it underneath that line for absolutely no reason. It would have probably been behoove of me to come in maybe a few pounds heavier. Uh, fought a big guy first. He was not very active. And I took him and I just pulled guard. And I very nearly very nearly americana him from the guard. I got close. Nice. Um, which turned into a close wrist lock, but I got the advantage, one on advantage, because he really, again, just like, there was no movement whatsoever. Well, he's um, just like, I'm really cool just sitting here. Let's just do this all day. 
Yeah, he had no interest in, in doing anything. And Andrew's a great corner person because he'll start yelling that at the referee. He'll just be like, 20 <laughs> seconds. He's still sitting exactly where... 40 seconds. 40 <laughs> seconds have gone by, and he's in that position. One minute. And, he, like, and then that, at that third time, all of a sudden you'll hear the referee be like, hey, man, you got to be a little more active. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really good juxt. I lost in the championship to a pretty good wrestler. He just took me down twice. Mm. Um, not terribly, didn't, there was never any threat to submission and, you know, props out to Metamoris and he just didn't have much of a ground game. But when it came to takedowns, this was no one to be messed with. He, uh, mm. Russian gripped me twice and just threw me. It was nice. Cool. Um, so I lost four. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't a terribly glamorous first match of the absolute was available on YouTube. I thought this is why jujitsu is great. First of all, here's my first real great moment. The guy I'm fighting is 149 pounds. He just signed up for Absolute and was like, fuck it, I'll fight anyone. So um, we had a pretty good fight. I threw a lot of weight on him and ended up Americaning. He left a he left an arm pretty loose as I was transitioning to side control, which is a bad thing to do. And I did see that fight. Uh, Kevin sent me the video of that. Uh, really, really impressive uh, display. Kevin at one point looked like his back was about to be taken, but uh, transitioned out of it just right. Yeah, grabbed a hand and blocked the hook. Yep. <laughs> I was like, nope, nope, no hooks. No, you, <laughs> hey, you stop that there. <laughs> I'm so glad that your audio commentary for your matches will include phrases like that. Ah, 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 nope. <laughs> that's oh, no, you was. won't. I was just like, uh-uh, do not let him do that. No, sir, Mr. Leg. You're going to stay right there. No, sir, Mr. Uh, Leg. <laughs> I was surprisingly calm throughout the whole thing. And then here again, we're we're drifting into why jiu-jitsu is great, Raf. Mm. The guy that beat me in the absolute quarters, just uh, maybe 160, maybe 170. I don't know. He was smaller guy. Um, I was winning the match. I think I was up four or five to nothing. Really, mm. kind of in control of it. He transitioned, pulled a beautiful, tr- like he half guard into a triangle choke, secured an arm, and just took me out he armbarred me quick so impressive impressive victory for someone again much smaller right mm. so jujitsu is just an interesting i went from fighting this short and stocky tree stump of a wrestler with takedown moves to 160 guy that just like slithered around my neck so do jujitsu like your You'll day learn. was was filled with people Nowhere remotely close to anywhere you weighed, which has to be the best part of the day, where it's just like, I have an expectation. One, day, one part of my day is going to be anything goes, and the other part is going to be, oh, wait, anything goes there, too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that was defeating. I won't lie to you. When I saw on the board that it just said 188 and up, it was like every <laughs> moment of vegetable craving had flashed before my eyes from the previous week. And, like, you were eating cake, laughing maniacally in the background. <laughs> and I'm just standing in front of the board, white-faced, just like, really? Really? That's the we, best thing I've ever heard. We don't have the weight class. That's great. And then just to call it 188 and up, what a slap in the face. On to professional fighters, but I'll, I'll do a write-up. Uh, you know, I always say the jiu-jitsu community is such a fascinating. It just teaches you a lot about where you're at. And whether it's 
competition and you laughing maniacally in the background or you know just i didn't know i affected you that badly so i <laughs> i take great credit for this <laughs> this makes You're me like so much more empowered now oh. red clouds filling around your head as it just goes oh, um, it's on. but but as you're saying you're going to do a write-up it's going to be a great and before we transition to the actual topics since we give so much shit to every other fighter it is only fair that we give you a little bit of shit but oh, yeah. uh, could not be happier man uh <laughs> when i did get the text that you did well it, it really made my day so good job man Thanks, I appreciate it. It was a fun day, so there'll be a little bit more competitively to come, but, oh, God, you just forget about the nerves. I still get terrifying nerves, and I even lost. You know, I lost twice. I I learned two valuable lessons, though, so that's kind of what I'm taking away from a nice blue belt tournament where I I did. It was my first intermediate, so first time since beginner. It's uh, it's different, but, you know, you learn a lot. Raph. Bellator MMA, you're telling me, you're saying, and you know these things just because you do, that the ratings are going south for the Bellator fights, and I personally can't believe that because all of their product is amazing. Their product has been great. Kev, you got to understand one thing, and this is something you're not going to like to hear, but you got to hear it, okay? Okay. Uh, You know what gives the ratings to Bellator? No, I don't. Pro Wrestling. They have strategically planned those two together. So for a long time, the lead-in's been TNA Impact Wrestling, and it's been a good lead-in. It gets a pretty decent rating for cable, and they've come up with a model that works for it. And Bellator usually hangs on to a big chunk of that. Now, you take the following two things into consideration. You change the date, and you change the time slot, and you add fights that are happening on the same night as hockey and basketball and all of this other bullshit okay. that's like compounding everything. Uh, the ratings, they, they didn't expect it to be amazing, but it was still uh, one that they were a little disappointed with and played uh, a little bit of defense the next day. So in a way, you're making me feel better because you're saying that there might be just a conditional reason that the ratings suck and it not be a result of the product not being good. Well... No, I mean, the product was good. I think you and I both agree. The, the fights were pretty entertaining. And everybody uh, that we interacted well with... didn't exactly scream confidence. Now, I'm, now you got to give me a second. second I may know something okay. that you don't. Uh, there's a rumor, I think, that's going to send Bellator programming to Fridays come September. And that's going to be a huge problem. Fridays come September. So they're going to move days again. I think so. But don't quote me on that. That's all I kind of okay. vaguely know for right now. I might actually just be drunk, so whatever. But <laughs> the important takeaway is uh, it was a rough start for them, and it was a night full of stuff that I think was fun to do. Like, you and I both watched it. You, of course, being a dick and giving me some of the results <laughs> at a time. My favorite was, like, the people who were, were, like, tweeting with me as that was going on were like, I can't wait for you to see this fight. I'm not going to tell you what happened, but just you wait. I was like, fuck off. I already know the results because Kevin's an idiot. <laughs> who knew they didn't play it live in the afternoon in Los Angeles? Raph, War Machine is back. P.S. And uh, so his prepackage. <laughs> Uh, tells me back from prison, which is the best way to have yeah, a, uh, a a EKG press package to be told. Oh, hey everybody! Yeah, 
I was just in prison, but I'm back. I like the grenade on his neck. That's my favorite part of the War Machines tattoo mm. arsenal. Yeah. And honestly, uh, just in, in all honesty, when he pulled off that crucifix, it was awesome in the fight. I thought. <laughs> it was fucking sweet. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he, we get to the point where afterwards they're talking to him. And I think this is one of my favorite moments of the night for the Bellator fights was, you know, he's so conditioned to the school of, okay, I know how to do a post interview. I know how to talk. That's kind of my thing. And they just go, War Machine says he's coming for that belt. Then takes a moment to pause and wonder, wait, is there a belt in this organization? (laughs) I'm not sure. I've been in prison, everyone. I'm, I'm very sorry. Very confusing to me. Uh, but other than that, I, I thought that was a good start. It, it it kind of set the pace for the night, which was you guys are going to see some knockouts or you're going to see some really clean finishes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I agree. There's one that's a little questionable, but we'll get there. Okay. Um. So Russian dude who got compared to Fedor and was like, Fedor who? Uh, <laughs> he knocked somebody out. That was great. A uh, guy named Ryan Martinez looked destructive with his punches uh i was i was really impressed um I, I i had a crank in my own neck when i saw him punching because just the amount of force that he was putting into them uh and then we actually got around to people that i kind of know uh jacob no versus babalu in this fight um it had what i like to call my favorite kind of uh fight promotion language which is when they do those pre-packages and they had some dude who had this voice where it's like, no one can escape the ravages of time, especially a warrior. And they're trying to build up the fact that, like, Babalu is kind of nearing the end of his career, but that he's willing to step in and take a fight against the incomparable Jacob No, which is really stupid, but... Then, when they really get into his prepackage, it's just like, as he prepares for one last run at the title, his body fights against the gravitational pull of time. And by the time we got to that, that language in there, I couldn't stop laughing. Gravitational pull of time? Direct fucking quote. I. I've just never heard gravitational pull mixed in like I've heard gravity or like time. I've just never heard them. What the shit's wrong with you, Kevin Phillips? <laughs> Do you not know the earth and science? Was As it, we can see, Babalu was... is 20 degrees Celsius below the gravitational pull of the equator. It was written by Wes Craven. He does yeah. all of the <laughs> intro work for Bellator. So, okay, Babalu also had one of my favorite little asides where he's talking and he's uh, mentioning how he's giving back to the community, the MMA community. And he's like, now I teach and give back to the children by teaching them the martial arts and that adrenaline is good for you when you are fighting. And also kind of meth and crack cocaine, you know, like they're cool too. (laughs) Like, it's just the way he combines and compares the two. It's so ridiculously full of ripe and parody. Then we get to the actual fight, and it's a pretty good fight. Um, you know, Babalu starts off really strong, uh, but then somewhere in the second round, 
Jacob No just starts getting in some really, really good clean shots that with maybe about 10 seconds left to go in the fight, Babalu just posts up on the cage and is like, okay. And like his arms looked like they were magnetized. Like it looked like Magneto went into the building. And Jacob No was just like, yeah, I'll see you in the third round. It's cool. So they now are going into a third round. Uh, he's just getting the best out of Babalu, who looks really out of his element at this point. And uh, he he starts staggering him so much that Babalu is just kind of drifting around the cage. Like, there's no real force to him. Uh, so he gets in a series of shots, and Babalu staggers so much that the ref, Kerry Hatley, calls an end to the fight. And in my brain, he became the first ref to stop a fight via go home, you're drunk. That's pretty funny. She just stopped it because he staggered? He, well, he was staggering, but it's in that way where somebody's taken so much abuse that it's just the mindset of, well, this isn't going to get any better. And really, <laughs> it looks like they've been knocked out uh, a couple times, uh, but are still zombie stepping around the area where it just looked like it, it could have collapsed. And if Jacob now really took the opportunity, it would just beat the shit out of him. But he's kind of being somewhat humane about it. Oh, nice. It was very confusing to say the least. Um, but yeah, I just, I, you know, the fight ends and you go, well, my favorite thing after every kind of thing like that is when everybody either immediately jumps on the ref and just goes, you have to admit, that that end was justified. Let's talk about why that was justified. Everybody is in agreement. Everything's going great tonight at Bellator 96. It was justified. Okay, great. We're all on the same page. So justified. So justified. Then the event ends with, uh, you know, uh, Seth Prochazoli versus King Mo. King Mo times some, like, leg uh, up kick attempts. They weren't even really up kicks. They were more like when you're cycling <laughs> upside down and you're just like trying to make the motions of I'm going to kick you, I'm going to kick you, but I'm tired and then King Mo like just pushed the legs aside drops a fucking bomb onto his chin and knocks him into retirement after that Seth was like, this is no fun anymore guys everybody remembers when I beat Kimbo Slice and I'm done Deuces. so he was done and that was uh, that was the end of the the fight. They they put on one more. That was the one you ruined, and, and it was a good fight, uh, great jujitsu battle. But so then Spike TV decided to give you Fight Master. Now, did you see Fight Master? I saw some of Fight Master. I haven't watched the whole thing. Okay, let me tell you why. This is the thing that makes me a little bit angry about the ratings being so bad. Fight Master, for all of the shit that we've given it, is good. Honestly, I watched I, I watched about thirty five minutes of it. The fights were amazing, and I actually really enjoyed. Some of the questions got a little repetitive, from the fighters to the coaches. But I liked the first two three rounds a lot. It was uh, really cool to sort of hear them call it out, and be like, "Why are you going to care more about me than your current fighters?" And like just the different motivations. So I I dug it, and the fights were great. The fights were as good as anything I've ever seen on the Ultimate Fighter, to be honest. I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, right off the back, production-wise, they essentially recycled the exact same <laughs> like Obviously. introduction. Yeah. So whatever, we get it. Yep, yep. People, really, really good fighters are coming. Maybe they'll get better. Who knows? Okay. 
So then we get into the actual fights. And the thing I really liked about it was they did split panels so that you could see multiple angles. Mm -hmm. So you could see the coaches talking and you could see the fight in the foreground of the the actual screen, which is great because what are we always complaining about? Not getting to necessarily see different angles and see what the coaches are coming from. We always talk about that. Exactly. So it's a big thing. And yes, the comparisons to the voice are there. And they're even now saying it in their promos to be like, hey, people watch the voice, right? Let's just screw it. Talking about that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If that's the case, I do have a breakdown. And I think maybe you'll agree with me. Uh, In my brain, Randy Couture is Blake Shelton. Joe Warren is Adam Levine. (laughs) Frank Shamrock is CeeLo. And Greg Jackson is Christina Aguilar. Uh, why the last one? Why Greg Jackson is uh, Extina? Yeah, because he's kind of famous and divish. I don't know. I mean, who else was he gonna be? <laughs> Somebody's got to be the chick, dude. <laughs> and okay. at least when you look at Greg Jackson, he's still kind of like, I can't believe you stole them from me. So the first fight is Chip Pollard versus Tim Welch. Good fight, uh, but the dude who wins is nicknamed the ginger the ginger ninja is what he refers to himself as <laughs> which is like from that 30 rock the rural juror it's right like, i'm sure that seemed like a good idea but it's hard to fucking say and the other well the first part is my brain says it it's like you're actually saying what it says no <laughs> it's just as dumb as you're reading it in your brain uh they also have a fake dana in there at his job yeah they just have a bald dude who's like all right everybody here's how fights work you go two rounds and then you know maybe something i don't know i'm just fake dana i'm here in a suit jacket i'm out so all in all very good set of fights if, if you haven't seen it uh i don't do it justice but please go watch it it is a quality program there are a lot of things wrong with it <laughs> That doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it because there's a lot of things wrong with most things you watch anyway. That's true. Speaking of a lot of things wrong with most things you watch. What's that? I have been reviewing War MMA. Yes! A NickDiazProduction.com. And the reason I say it, we're watching War, a NickDiazPromotion.com event, is because they say it 50 fucking times, Raph. Like, every third blink you hear nickdiaz.com nickdiazproduction.com it's really awful so in addition to that the fights are okay I'm just going to give you a teaser because I'm doing a write up for the website how many groin kicks do you think could reasonably accidentally happen across four fights in a regular production or in a Nick Diaz production (laughs) or just give me your regular production. How many do you think you'd see? I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen more than like four or five in a night. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you change night to fight, then you're on target. There's also multiple weird referees that I, weird referee calls that the commentators don't attribute to the rules. They just attribute to weird referees. And Interesting. The reason I'm talking about these two things first over the fights is because they're really more prevalent over the first five fights than the fights okay. are. Like, okay. the announcers get a lot of time, a lot of the color guys get a lot of time to talk about the referee's decision, and they have different guests sit with them 
like that are just in the crowd that's actually really distracting and hard to follow who's talking. Okay. Um, but they, it sounds awesome. It's not as bad as I'm making it sound now. It's really not. Okay. <laughs> I've just been really watching a lot of it, and it's taking forever. <laughs> the fights are just okay. They're not great. How um, long is the the fight? Five hours and 46 minutes, the on-demand oh replay. That's, yeah. that's a long time. It's the most amount of, and a lot of it's fights. <laughs> like, a lot of it is the <laughs> cage. And it's really hard to skip back and forth and not miss big chunks. So it gets even harder to skip through some uncomfortable positions. All that and more coming at you in a Verbal Tap 30 special episode. <laughs> would you like to bring on our guest now? I would love to. Gilbert Jamal Smith, oh, when we return. All right. Uh, guys, we are so glad to have our one of our, our favorite guests that we've had on the show so far. Uh, we've got Jamal Smith back with us on the line. Jamal, how are you doing? I'm doing great. First and foremost, let's make that correction. Your favorite guest. Say that correctly, please. Well, okay. First of all, let's not take hostage our podcast here. We'll tell you okay. who our favorite guests are or are not. No, you are definitely one of our favorite uh, you are going to have to bribe us with more money because we have been bribed with other amounts of money. So I'm just saying it's it's a little bit of hectic to get to that part. Uh, but we're so glad uh, to have you back, man. What's what's going on with you now? What what are you doing right now? Uh, right now I'm literally driving from Denver, Colorado to Colorado Springs. Uh, I just finished doing my training session at Factory X with a great team, and um and now I'm heading home to my wife and kids. Very nice, man. How did training go tonight? It was good. It, was going, uh, it went well. It was it was tough. It was challenging, but it's, you know, exactly what I need to be uh, successful in my next fight, July thirteenth in Denver, next month. Speaking of which, July thirteenth, that is your next fight. Uh, yeah. Who are you fighting for, and who are you fighting? Uh, I'm 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 fighting for uh, a new a new promotion that's doing big things. They got a great card. It's called Pride Fight or Pride Fighting Championship, and um. And I'm fighting Jason Lee. Uh, he's a fight out of the Glass Training Center. And uh, it should be an exciting night. Very good. What can you tell me about your opponent? Um, you know, he's a decent guy. And uh, he's, he's well-rounded. You know, he's a type of MMA fighter. That, you know, he's good at a lot of things, but great at nothing. And uh, he's just a guy that, you know, that was a trick to fight me. And uh, somebody I'm training hard for. And... Make sure I don't have no hiccups in this fight. That's it. That's fair. Can you answer true or false to this? Were you or were you not put on a bus billboard? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, a friend of mine in Denver uh, texted me a picture of my face on on a bus. <laughs> you know, it was like, wow. You know, I finally made it. <laughs> made it to the big towns. I'm on the bus. What was your first reaction when you did see your face on a bus? You know, it, it, it was cool. I, I kind of wish that the bus was in Colorado Springs, you know, because uh, I'm because I, I don't I don't go to Denver unless I'm training. So nobody don't really know me in Denver, uh, as far as uh, like personally, like friends and people I hang out with, uh, besides my training partner. So 
so it doesn't do too much for me per se, but it's pretty cool. Is the fight in Denver, I'm assuming, then? Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, I, you got to have some people that know you just based off of, uh, yeah, I mean, you remember you were on a television show that was pretty successful yeah. there for an entire season. Yeah. I have to yeah. ask, because of my training nerdiness, since the Ultimate Fighter, now that you're you're on the scene in your market, have you had any cool opportunities to train with some people different, either coming through Denver or just around the country? Um, uh, I mean, obviously before the finale, I, I went up and trained with uh, Chell's son in his camp, and and and, and that was awesome. Uh, but as far as anybody knew, um, I, I trained with Sacky X, and I also trained with my own team in Colorado Springs, but. You know, I fight the X. obviously have Chris Camozzi. You know, he fights in the UFC. And uh, Brian Rogers, he fights in Bellator. He came by and trained for a little bit. But that's about it. So, I mean, I haven't had, like, no well-known crazy guy come through. But honestly, I, I don't really need that. You know, I, I have the guys that I have, and, and they've been doing very well. And, and, uh, and we've been doing very well together as a team. That's awesome. Well, just so you know, the, some of the people you named, I would count that as some really cool training opportunities. That that oh, yeah. definitely counts. Our apologies to Chris Kabuzi if you're listening to this. <laughs> you are still a pretty, pretty princess, and you're special <laughs> and unique snowflake into yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, see, the thing about it, Chris Kabuzi is, like, he's my homeboy. So it's like, it's like, I mean, we've been training together for about a year now. So it's like, so, so I don't really see him as, you know, like, Oh, some big UFC fighter. He's just Chris, man. He's somebody we go in there, we train, we bang it out, punch each other in the face, have a good time, and we go home. <laughs> that's a that's a great way to approach it. I mean, he yeah. still does fight UFC, which is pretty impressive. But I love that you could. I really hope that you just shit talk him and be like, "Oh, do you train for? Oh, you fight for the UFC? What's that? I don't never seen." Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, like, we, you know, the thing about me and Chris is that. We have very similar stories. Like, um, he came from the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, he didn't get a chance to really showcase his skills because he got injured. So basically, they sent him home, but they brought him back. He had two fights, and you'll see. And after that, he got cut. He won. He won a regional fight. They called him back, and then after that, he he went on a, like a four fight win streak. So like, you know, that's similar to my story that I'm I'm trying to make happen as far as like. I made it to the Ultimate Fighter. I didn't do the best that I wish I could have done. I got cut. Hopefully, I went some local fights and I make it back. And I and I and I do what Chris did. He, he's my he's my idol. He's my my uh, my inspiration. So, you know, it's, it's great to have him on the team. What has been the best advice he's given you in doing that? You know, it's 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 just staying focused. I mean, me and him, we talk. You know, we talk. You know, like just simple. You know, uh, just simple talk. But just seeing what he's done, is, it means more to me than what anything he could say. Because cause he's living proof. A lot of people are talking. They tell you, oh, man, just stay focused and keep fighting and you fight your way back. And, and, and you would tell yourself, like, man, it's so hard, man. So many fighters out there. Are you sure? Are you sure that you're going to call me back? Are you sure this is going to happen? And, like, you know, people could blow smoke up your butt all, all they want. But Chris did it. He lived it. He did it. He, he went to the UFC. He lost the fight, got cut, came back to Colorado, won a local fight, and then and after that he got a call back. And after that he's been he's right now he's four one in the UFC since his return, and he did it. Yeah, and 
I'm always impressed just because the uh, the mental fortitude it keeps to to keep going is it's something that we always admire amongst the fight world. So to change gears back to your fight on July 13th, we ha- I'm staring at the poster and I have to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. It says Battle of the Beasts and it's a equal parts terrifying photo of you and Lee. You both look jacked at this picture, by the way. Uh, uh-huh. And it just says Battle of the Beasts. What does it feel like to be called a beast in this arena? How do you take that on as you're getting into the fight? I don't care as words, man. It means nothing to me. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a beast. I'm a human being. I mean, I'm a fighter. I'm a martial artist. Uh, and as far as looking terrified, look, you know, um, uh, you know, looks ain't gonna win your fight. Um, you know, it's it, it's just for the promoter, the promoter to promote it, and the marketing has nothing to do with me, my training, or my fighting ability, or how I feel about myself, or also how I feel about Jason Lee. You know, I, a lot of people get wrapped up in the BS. Man, listen, two people is gonna step into the cage, two people is gonna punch each other in the face, and then we're gonna see who's gonna be the winner. Simple as that. Don't make it complicated. Well, you're looking at it that way. I'm also looking at it. Do you ever allow yourself just a fleeting moment to be like, yeah, I'm a beast, beast mode? No, because, you know, <laughs> I look at it, I, 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 I look at myself as a human being, as, a, as an imperfect human being. You know, you cannot put yourself in a high pedestal like, I'm a beast, I'm a beast mode. Guess what? I lost my last fight. I wasn't on beast mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I'm realistic about life. I'm realistic about this fight game. Any given Sunday, you can win or lose. It's about the hard work you put in and your focus. And I'm focused, man. I'm focused on the fight. I'm focused on training. I'm focused on the preparation and, and, and making things happen. That's all I care about. Beast mode. I say that for the CrossFitters. You know, I want to post pictures of themselves doing, doing crazy <laughs> workouts or whatnot. Do I'm they- on beast mode. Do they give you any insight into how they're going to market the fights? Do they ask you at all, or do they just do it? No, they just do it. Oh, okay. Um, and it's hard to question your work ethic as you're driving the hour and a half from training to go spend time with the family. So that's yeah. That's always how difficult is it, or is it not difficult for you to just switch gears when you go back to hanging out with the family? Oh, that's easy, man. You know, I'm, I, I, you know. You know, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a very calm dude to begin with. I don't have to be like, if, if you see me before the fight, I'm not running around and screaming and acting crazy, man. You know, uh, and even when I go home, man, uh, that's my chill time. That's my time to relax. That's my time to be with my kids and be with my wife. It, it's, it's, it's easy and natural to switch it. Raph and I were talking about this as we were signing you up tonight, all of your text messages end with Gilbert Jamal Smith. Yeah. Do you do the signature on purpose? Do you have a lot of people you text that ask you? We were both curious about this. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I just, the thing is that a lot of people hit me up and I don't know who they are, so I was going to ask them, <laughs> uh, who's this? And I, yeah. and I, um, you know, uh, same thing, like, I hate when people ask me who's this is, so I just <laughs> yeah. have my name as a signature, you know, it, I guess it can be annoying if it hits every text message that I send when we have a long conversation, but, uh, you know, get over it. Hey, ask to so <laughs> Yeah, true. No, it's not so much annoying as it is a, a concern of 
how much more time you have to spend doing texts than the average person. The they know us. We don't get random texts, so I can uh, see it being a yeah. celebrity problem, but... Well, I think the other thing is, the only person that I know that reminds me of who it is, is my dad. <laughs> my dad yeah. is the, yeah. the person who still is just like, son, I need you to do this, hyphen, dad. Like, I'm gonna forget it's my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see the... I will say this. The reason why we ask this, we have a very important game for you to play. Are you are you ready for this game? Do you think you, you can do this? Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Let's make it happen. Let's get it popping. All right. The game All is right. simple. All you have to do is tell us. Raph and I are each going to describe a, a situation. You just have to tell us if in that situation you are Gilbert or you are Jamal. <laughs> okay. Raph had our first scenario. Raph, would you like to begin? I will, but let's just remind people. Uh, people who have listened to our last podcast or did not, at different times, you are Gilbert to some folks. Uh, that's more of your formal, right? Yeah. Dressing. Okay. But Jamal is a good guy. He's your pal. Uh, he's somebody that you just get along with. So they're, they're two different people, right? Yeah. It's like you have the uh, ustedes version in Spanish, which is exciting to hear. So our first scenario, you're going to the DMV. Yeah, I'm Gilbert. Okay. The pool, 100 yards away, there's a kid drowning. You shoot over there, save him. As he's coming out of the water, he says, thank you. Jamal. Jamal. Okay, that was the one. We had five bucks riding on that. You get pulled over, but it's someone who you know who's pulling you over. Jamal. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I actually know a lot of cops. I train a lot of cops. And uh, and you all know me by Jamal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess you would know quite a few cops. If it were a cop you didn't know. Yeah, then it would probably be Gilbert. Yeah, okay. Your fourth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Fourth grade teacher, Gilbert. Okay. Okay. All right. That was before uh, Jamal existed. That was before? So when did it get established? Seventh grade. Okay. Seventh grade. Oh, we were so close. <laughs> All right. So you get a call from Dana White. Gilbert. You win the lottery. Gilbert. Just to make it official, that's my suggestion. Just so they, yeah. you know they can't screw anything up. Yeah. We were a little nervous. We wanted to make sure you weren't getting cheated out of that money. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I couldn't cash a check with the name Jamal. Because uh, Jamal is, is, doesn't really exist. Not to us. He's yeah. as real as anything we know. <laughs> Common law. That should count. Uh, okay. Uh, Kevin calls you. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's another interesting <laughs> Kevin Casey? We were talking about me more so, but we'll go with Kevin Casey oh. now that it's gotten questionable. Oh, oh well, Kevin Casey, yeah, I was saying because on the show, 
people would call me both, like, you know, but I would tell everybody call me Jamal, yeah. Jamal. Did you ever have a problem with that Bo? with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would tell them, I was like, yo, call me Jamal. And they were like, well, well, we, we were introduced to you by Gilbert, so they used to call me Gilbert. Do you think it was just too complex for him? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. No, it, it wasn't Kevin per se. It was just like, it was like, just like you know, everybody on the, on the general. That's why Kevin Casey gets bad rap. Did some dickish things on the show. All right, last and finally, your parents call you. Jamal. Okay. There we go. Well, that was good. I think you, you did our first game successfully. I think that you, you have a lot to be proud of. We've learned a lot about you. We learned that this was established in seventh grade. Yeah, that was a good get-to-know-you game. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I know you a little bit better. <laughs> but, Jamal, we've got an even more important game than that. That was just silly, fun and games. This okay. has become a standard here at Verbal Tap. Uh, this one's a tougher game. Like, that's Wheel of Fortune, but this is Jeopardy. Are you ready for Jeopardy? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. This is my All favorite. Right, this, I love this game. This is a segment called Rep That Tweet. These are tweets that you yourself have put out into the internet. We have collected uh-huh. a few, and we'd like you to explain them. All right. Interesting. All right. You can stand by them, or you can disregard them. We just want to hear the stories behind them. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. This one was tweeted to a couple people. Uh, Susanna0513, Fight Fan Doyle, American, Americana MMA, and Rowdy Beck. It says, come on. I was thinking of quitting MMA for a job as a topless dancer, LOL, from June 24th. <laughs> yeah. Um. Ah, man, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I just said that, you know, because people always talk about um, my chest and stuff and, uh, and and my body. And I was like, you know, I could probably make money off of just being a stripper and being on TV, you know, more so than the money I'm making as an MMA fighter these days. So, and I was kind of just joking around, just trying to get a rise out of people. Interesting. Did you get any bites back from that offer? Yeah. Uh, Suzanne, matter of fact, she was like, yeah, we could, we could bring, uh, no, she said that she would have a fist full of dollar bills, and then I told her that I'm not just any stripper. I'd be a high price stripper, so you got to bring, you know, <laughs> something, something above dollar bills because I want to accept dollar bills. And she, she was like, okay, tens. And, and matter of fact, I would bring my credit card. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> hey, every man's got a price. That's all I ask. Yeah. Next, yeah. next tweet. Damn, comma. I miss watching at Spartacus underscore stars on Fridays at McGuire the one exclamation point. But I know I have hashtag Bridezilla's boot camp show. LOL. Life is good. Okay. Could you please explain yeah, that to me? Yeah, so that's a loaded uh, tweet with a lot of different things. You know, first of all, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so first of all, Spartacus was my show. You know what I'm saying? I, we watch Spartacus a lot, and I love oh, it. Yeah. And, and, oh, I and, think and we're Jama, with, you with Spartacus. Yeah, and, and and John McGuire, he's my Spartacus brother. You know, like we uh back in Oregon, you know, we were talking in Spartacus language and stuff like that. You know, they call me Gillicus. I'm the champion of Capua. <laughs> you know, we just, we just say crazy stuff like that. You know, and uh, so he's like my Spartacus brother, and we we love that show. Uh, as far as Bridezilla. 
I don't know, man. I watched that show and it's just funny to me. Like, like it's a, it's a show that you hate, but you can't stop watching it. <laughs> you're like you watch you watch these girls act crazy, and you're like, oh my god. But like, it's like, it's like watching that train wreck. You just can't stop watching it. Yeah. Fair. How do you start watching it though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I I wouldn't judge you as much, except I watched uh, Gypsy Sisters, so I guess I can only. Yeah. We've all, we've all gotten addicted to something. <laughs> we've all done mistakes in our lives. Here's the one. Uh, I hate training when I have the bubble guts. I forgot mm. to do my pregame check. Damn, that sucked. Hashtag never forget your pregame check July, June 19th. Okay, yeah. So I was working out, man. Bubble guts, man. That's when your stomach... Feels like you're about to explode, and you got you know to take crap. And the fact is, like, you don't want to stop training to go take a crap because now because you, now you're taking away time from your training, and you want to maximize your training. So I ended up working through it the whole time. I just felt like I was about to crap my pants. And uh, and usually before before every workout, I I, I go to the bathroom. I, I get it out of my system. I clear out the pipes, and I I make sure that um you know I'm I'm ready to go. But that particular day. I, I was a little bit late, and I didn't get a chance to uh, take the bathroom, and I just jumped in training. And I paid for it. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> well, that was the answer I think we all deserved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to skip ahead because, I mean, now we've got to bring it back up. Come on, Jimmo, comma, I really want to see Pop Lock. One day we will battle. Sixty percent of the time, I win every dance battle at UFC hashtag UFC one sixty one fifteenth of June. <laughs> well, well, you know Ryan Jimmo, he, he he does the pop locking and he's really good at it. You know, and like it's very entertaining to watch him. You know, his last fight that that uh, he won in like in seven seconds, and he put on a pretty good show in uh, in the cage, and uh, it was kind of it was like. It was like surprising to see, like you know, a big guy like him moving the way he moved and jumping into a split. You just don't see that. So, you know, you know, you know. Back in my days, I'm from New York, so back in my days, I used to pop lock a little bit. I used to break dance a little bit, you know. So, you know, I battle. Okay, <laughs> what is your your battle song of choice? Whatever, man. I, I listen. I mean, I would get down to Boy George. Just give me a beat. Give me a stage and let me rock. You heard okay. it here. We're going to have to call you back when we have a sound guy. Sorry. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I guess I guess that transitions nicely to our next tweet. Uh, I'm going to read you the names that were tagged first, and then we're going to read the message. But the names that were tagged were Bubba the Menace, Josh Salmon, Dylan the Villain, Clint Hester, Adam Sella MMA, Colin Hart MMA, and the UFC and UFC on Fox, and it was on June 10th, and it says, never forget. And the link on there is to what song, Jamal? Do you remember uh, the song? Here's my number. Call me maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, well, why should we never forget that song? And sub-question, was that song your 9-11? Listen, that song was a song of our season. That song was a song of our experience on the Ultimate Fighter Season 17, Team Jones versus Team Sunday. 
we sung that song so many times it, it annoyed Justin, man. Uh, <laughs> Dylan sung it all the time. It was like, it was like that little, I know you think you did, he just started singing it, and everybody started singing it, and it was just like, why that song? Don't know. It was catchy. It kind of stuck in our head, and we didn't have no music, so we just, we, we sung it all the time, and, and that's why I say, you know, never forget, because listen, we spent six and a half weeks in the most kind of craziest time in our life, at least our fighting career, that we will ever have. And it's something, it's something we can never forget. I mean, we just, no matter where we go in the rest of our lives, what we share together as a team, as a show, it's, it's something you, you can't pay for, you can't, you can't sell it, and you damn sure that never forget it. Verbal Tap fans, Gilbert Jamal Smith, as usual, we get some good insight into some training tips, some good fight wisdom, and just some good hilarity from uh, one of the more genuine people we get to talk to from time to time. To recap, you are fighting on July 13th in Denver. Where can people in Denver go to go to get tickets or find out about the fight? Okay, so uh, I'm fighting July 13th in Denver at the, at the Magnus Arena, which is inside of uh, Denver uh, Denver University. You can get your tickets either contacting me or through cagetix.com, spelled C-A-G-E-T-I-X-S dot com. And uh, and just come through, man. It's, gonna be, it's a hell of a card. It's one of the best cards of the year in Colorado. And uh, come support the fighters. Come support me. And come support the new promotion. And what are you bringing to this fight, my man? Like, what is... Huh? I know you can't tell us the game plan, but like... There's no game plan. There's no game I don't give a damn about a game plan. It's a fight. Listen, everybody, everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> it's simple as this. I'm bringing... I'm bringing me. I'm bringing me and all my talents. Everything I have, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing that. Uh, like I said, two guys are going to step into the cage. We're going to punch, kick, choke, slam, grapple, cage work, push each other, conditioning, elbow, knee, each other. And then after that, we're going to figure out who's going to be the winner. Simple as that. Not complicated. It's a fight. And as we know from getting to watch Mr. Jamal Smith fight in the Ultimate Fighter, he, he brings it. The, the fight's going to get aggressive quick, so we are looking forward to hearing how it goes. Any chance, is there a live stream at all, or uh, will it be YouTubing afterwards so we can view the fight somehow? Yeah, yeah, it will definitely be YouTubing afterwards. They always post the videos on YouTube afterwards. Cool, and awesome. I, and, and, and I think the highlights would be shown on our, on our Access TV inside MMA. Oh, very cool. Yeah, when it comes out on video, we definitely want to check it out. We'll we'll release it through the website, so everyone that listens will have a nice, easy place to go go see it over at verbaltapcast.com. Sure. All right. Thank you, as always, Jamal Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, man. Gilbert Jamal Smith, thank you, as always, speeding down the highway from training to family, gets a little verbal tap time in. That's commitment when you do both a podcast and you're multitasking and talking to us. You gotta, yeah. you gotta really respect that. Uh, speaking of 
multitasking and teasing. You were yes. on a conference call today over something I'm not really wanting to talk about. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was just uh, on the conference call for uh, UFC 162. Yeah, that's that's the that's what you were on. <sighs> Kevin, look, here's the thing. You got to get over the fact that yes, I am going to see UFC 162. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to tell you all about it. We're going to preview it in the next installment of Verbal Tap, which is something that you and I both work on together. Sure. So, so when I say we work together, if I'm going, it's like part of you's going. Yeah. Except you don't get to see it live and in person and where I'm going to be sitting. But what anyway, I'm saying you to you a is... conference call today doing something? Yes. And it was it was okay. It was, uh, you know, basically... A lot of Anderson Silva being like, hey, everyone, I just wanted to know that yeah. everyone disrespect me. But, <laughs> you know, and I like uh, different things, but uh, GSP, uh, this is my favorite thing. Him or his translator kept saying the word presented themselves about a thousand times. And the most prominent of which was like, hey, what's your thoughts about the super fights? And he's like, I don't care, you know. Like, I do lots of fights, and I like to fight, and Chris Weidman is in front of me now, and, you know, GSP had his opportunity to present himself in front of me, but he chose not to do that, so it was almost alluding as if GSP turned down a fight against him, which was very strange language. That is strange, uh, He also at least then on the call. went on to say that he didn't have Dana White's phone number. Oh. Can you believe that? I can't that believe that. UFC 159 <laughs> press conference where Dana White said that he got a phone call from Anderson Silva was a fucking lie. It was a farce. This is the scandal of the century. This is how people's and MMA journalism had, career is made. We had gone as far as to say that there was a red Batman phone that Anderson <laughs> Silva would use to call Dana White, and now that's not true. I guess um, I just assumed, you know, maybe he doesn't have his number, but they still do have a phone. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what's real anymore. It's hard to tell. What's but night, what's night is day. Dana White definitely did say he's like, you know, Anderson Silva loves to fuck with people. So <laughs> just think about that. So anyway, aside from that, Chris Weidman's a lot of like. Yeah, everybody's, you know, making me out to be like, I'm not going to win, but I am, and I'm awesome, and I'm Chris Weidman. Yeah, I saw the big preview, and I there was an extended preview, as anyone who's listening to this show already knows. Uh, really cool. If you haven't seen it, you go watch it, because it's, it's getting me excited. I'm excited for the fight. Everyone just keeps saying, oh, Chris Weidman, yeah, young Jill Sonnen, but more talented. It's like, oh, okay, yep. awesome. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that does sound like a bad matchup. It's going to be fascinating. Mm. Yeah, so we're excited for that, and we'll preview it next week. Look forward to it, and it's now time for the shout-outs. What is wrong with whatever voice you're using? It's hard to say, Raph. You want to start? Are you a transvestite? Uh, no, no, I mean, maybe for Halloween. I'll consider okay. some things. But, but it really did sound like that I was... I certainly have the bone structure for it, but that's not the voice I'm going for. That's so weird, and it's even weirder to know that you've thought about the bone structure part of that. Let's get the shout-outs, shall we? I'm a Renaissance man, Raph. 
Shout outs. Go for it. Uh, we're going to start with Sean Wheelock, the uh, one of the announcers for Bellator, who definitely by the end of the night, in response to my tweet, which was, let's start with this. The name Sean Wheelock sounds like it's one letter away from being the world's best unused porn star name. Sean then <laughs> responded, Verbal Tapcast, this is now my all-time favorite tweet. To that we say, Sean Wheelock, you're welcome. That is a really funny tweet. <laughs> wow. Uh, to the good folks over at VMAC. VMAC. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys. Uh, we had a great promotion night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my congratulations to uh, Octavio, uh, who was awesome that night and a great training partner. Uh, pulled off something really awesome. Uh, to Zach and uh, Andre, uh, congratulations on your promotions. Really big night for those guys. So we want to give them a special set of congratulations. Definitively. Congrats. On to mine. Hey, go check out BJJ Finder, people. It's everywhere. It's the world's premier Brazilian jiu-jitsu school locator. You can find seminars, calendars, IBJJF, and now U.S. Grappling. You can find them all over at BJJ Finder, the app, or the website. Please check out the app on iTunes. Come on, people. Uh, Thanks out to U.S. Grappling. Good tournament on Saturday. Referees were giving away some free points every now and again, but hey. It's a big journey. Everyone, you know, everyone does their part, and it's a great tournament. It's also super affordable. They're just really great about making it like a really relaxed, very affordable tournament, and they put on quality work every time. Nice. BJJ MMA Academy over in Chantilly, No Concept Jiu-Jitsu, Master Wilson Matos. Shout-outs to all. Thanks for the uh, unbelievable training. That does it for me, Raph, and I think it does it for Verbal Tap Cast episode 29. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Bow, bow.